Well, good morning, Covenant Network. Here we are on this Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. A little bit different of a show today. More on that after we pray, but let's, well, let's pray first. That's the most important thing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father, Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today's show is going to be a little bit different, much to my chagrin. I am broadcasting to you uh, from the the infamous Studio B. And I joke around because I grew up on a healthy diet of children's television, learning about the alphabet. And every time there was a letter of the day, you had to come up with words. So Studio B, I'm broadcasting from the bedroom because that's the quietest room in my house. As circumstances would have it, I find myself quarantined. Don't worry, everybody in the house is doing well. Everybody's fine. Everybody is in good spirits for the most part and uh, healthy, but a little bit proactive measure here and in consideration for those around us. So it, it puts a little different spin on the show today. In fact, most of today's show we had to pre-record so we could bring it to you, but don't worry, we're going to have more Roadmap to Heaven for you this week. More on that at the end of the show. I'm actually really excited about the plans for this week. And, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of football lately. My wife even said to me, when did you start watching football? I said, when, when I stopped working on Sundays as a parish organist, I, I, I started watching football. I had never watched it before except high school football when I was in high school. When I went to college, I was a, I, I was a basketball fan. And I played in the pep band at the basketball game. So I never went to, we didn't even have a football team. And, uh, you know, but I'm watching and I'm, I'm coming to this appreciation of adjusting, you know, that you think this is going to be the play, you're set up for that play, and then an audible's called, and a snap moment, you've got to change course and you have a new plan. And that's been the last few days. So uh, a special shout-out to everybody at the studio who has dropped equipment off at my house and brought me what I needed and to my family for allowing me to have this quiet space to be with you this morning. Well, as quiet as we can make it in a house with five kids. Um, you know, so here we are, and that's the reality of the situation. As our second youngest daughter once said to us, well, that's the situation. You know, very, very stoic at the age of, I think, four or five when she's like that. That's, that's the situation. And so today on the show, we are going to uh, still be on the road, God willing, to heaven. I'm praying for actual grace so that I can receive sanctifying grace. And to help with that today, we're going to be inspired by some words on Eucharistic miracles and transubstantiation. We've got a reflection from Father Goring later in the show on how we are wired for heaven. You know, that's what we're made for. It's what we are meant for, and it's imprinted in our hearts, and he's going to inspire us. And then finally on the show today, I had the chance recently to head out on the road before being quarantined to visit with uh, Father George Staley out at St. Francis of Assisi. And we talked about our baptismal promises. We were thinking about Sunday's celebration of the baptism of the Lord. And so often when I think, oh, we should do something on the baptism of the Lord, maybe we talk about, well, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Perfectly great question. A lot of people have been talking about it. 
But we're all about the practical on this show. We're about, you know, what are the practical everyday things you and I need to be doing? And, well, friends, at the, the core of that are our baptismal promises. In fact, that's where our journey, the, uh, the path that we're on right now, this road, started was at our baptism. And so we're made for heaven. How do we get there? Well, it starts with our baptism. Father Staley is going to break that open for us. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for that check of the weather. And then when we come back, we are going to begin by reflecting on the most blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, right here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Friday into Saturday, we have a clipper system that will sail into town, starting with rain and then changing over to snowfall. That will produce accumulations of snow on Saturday. We know we'll get an accumulation. We don't know for sure the track, so we can't yet know responsibly anyway what the numbers are going to be. But we do know this. Today, like yesterday, we're going to have a high of around 52 degrees. The normal high is 40. And skies will be fair. Then tonight, partly cloudy and warm for this time of year with an overnight low of 32. Then tomorrow, in the morning, we could see showers mixed with a few snowflakes, but it'll clear in the afternoon and we'll have a high on Thursday day of 45 to 48 degrees. Then on Friday, afternoon showers and a high of 50. In the evening, that is rain that will start to mix with snowfall. Then Friday night, change to snow with a low of around 30. On Saturday, snow is likely. We'll have a high of around 32 degrees. Accumulations are likely, but we don't know exactly what those numbers are going to be just yet. Then on Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 38. Today is the feast day of St. Marguerite Bourgeois. Born in France in the early 17th century, Marguerite joined the Confraternity of Notre Dame when she was in her mid-teens and soon became a teacher. She applied for entrance into the Carmelites but was not accepted. Not long after, the governor of the new French settlement in what is now Montreal met Marguerite while visiting France and his sister and asked her to come to Canada to start a new school. When she arrived in 1653, the settlement had just 200 people and no children, so she used her time and her efforts to build the first permanent church, Our Lady of Good Counsel. Eventually, children did come along, and Marguerite realized she'd need help, so she traveled back to France and recruited her friend, Catherine Crono, and two others. She was given a stone stable to teach her students in and started a school going back to France a second time to recruit six more women to teach. Marguerite founded the Congregation of Notre Dame, and in addition to teaching, she and others provided care and housing for young women coming to the New World while interviewing the young men who hoped to marry them. She also started a school for indigenous girls. She once wrote, All I have ever desired is that the great precept of love of God above all things and of love of neighbor as oneself be written in every heart. She died on this day in 1700 at the age of 79. St. Marguerite Bourgeois, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Wednesday morning, January 12th. Adam Wright with you here this morning. And it seems like recently, a lot recently, when we go to Mass as a family, so Sunday morning Mass, because on the weekdays the kids are in school, and very often my wife has the privilege of going to the school Mass, but she sits in the back with the other adults, and they sit with their class. Uh, but when we go to Sunday Mass, our, our second grader asks me, why do they ring those bells again? 
What, why do they ring the bells? It's been the question of the, the week for the last several weeks. She's getting ready to make her first Holy Communion, and she's remembering a lot of things. That, you know, She says to me, the bread doesn't stay bread. The bread becomes the body of Jesus. The wine becomes Jesus' blood. And soon I'm going to be able to receive. I'm going to get to go to, to Holy Communion. And yet we, we keep coming back to, but why do they ring the bells? And I keep telling her, well, those bells are rung at very special moments when the Holy Spirit comes down and when the bread turns into the body of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity, when the wine turns into our Lord, the real presence. And it's it's been great for me, and I've appreciated every opportunity to keep focused on the gift that the Eucharist is. And so I hope it helps you to build your faith and be inspired by the Blessed Sacrament. We're talking with Father George Staley today about Sunday's celebration of the baptism of the Lord, the unofficial, depending on who you ask, the official liturgical end of Christmas, but I keep my lights up till February 2nd. Father, I don't know about you, <laughs> so I, it's still kind of Christmas for me, but uh, good to be with you today. Great to be with you too, Adam. Thank you. So, you know, every year when we talk about the baptism of the Lord, the first place I go is, well, why did Jesus need to be baptized? I mean, baptism washes away original sin, which it does. That's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. happened to you and me when we were baptized. Uh, Jesus did not have original sin, so, you know, right. like, why would he need to be baptized? We can go a whole segment or two or three on why Jesus came to be baptized. But I want to talk about something different today. I want to talk about our baptism, because I think this presents a good opportunity for us. Every year at the Easter Vigil, we are invited to renew our baptismal promises. And it's one of those things I think of like, oh, we should talk about that. So here we are. Let's talk about that today, Father. First off, what are our baptismal promises? Because, I mean, I was an infant at the time of my baptism. I don't really remember. Sure. They're renewed every year at the Easter Vigil. Uh, Anytime, probably where I, I see it most in my own ministry is at just various baptisms that I do because they ask the parents and the godparents to renew their own their own baptismal promises before baptism. And there's kind of, I'd say, two halves, two parts. The first part uh, is the rejection of sin and Satan and all his empty work. You know, so it's, do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. You know, so that's the, that's the first half is this, this really strong rejection of, of Satan and the forces of evil. Yeah, and, and well, the, the question is, what does that mean? You know, because it's like, does that mean we just walk around every day? Uh, I need to live up my baptism. I reject Satan today. <laughs> you know, is that what we're talking about here? Sure, I did maybe to some degree a little bit, but yeah, it, it, you know, it certainly means, um, you know, the various temptations that we experience in our own life. Uh, and you know, some of us, for some of us, that's going to be discouragement. I mean, I think that's really kind of a tactic he uses for a lot of us, all of us is to get, you know, become discouraged in the fight, you know, pride, jealousy, uh, impurity, you know, these are the various ways in which the enemy's trying to get us off track. And so in our own daily lives, it's fighting the good fight. It's saying, Jesus, I'm going to choose you today. I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to choose away from this, this sin that I know leads to death, and I'm going to choose life, who is Jesus. All right. So you, you said there were kind of two components to the baptismal promises. The first is that rejection. So after we reject Satan and all his works and all his empty promises, uh, wh- where do we go next? Right. So then we go into a threefold affirmation of the truths of our faith, very connected to the creed. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? 
I do. So the, the, the father, the first person of the Trinity, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And then it's, you know, his only son, our Lord, who's born of the Virgin Mary. And, you know, going through the mysteries of redemption and salvation, do you believe in Jesus, his incarnation? Yes, I do. Then do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting? I do. So it mirrors a lot of ways the Apostles' Creed, that ancient Yeah, I, I was going to say, stop me if I'm wrong here, Father, but, you know, when I pray my daily rosary, I'm hearing a lot of the parallels here, or Sunday Mass, even with the Nicene Creed that takes it even further. This is what we believe, and if the answer is, uh, hold on, I don't, you know, it's like, well, what are you doing here? You right, know? right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, so it's an embrace of, right, we're, you know, and that's always very important in the spiritual life, you know, that when we're rejecting something, what are we affirming? What are we, what are we then, you know, okay, we, you know, cast out the evil spirit, but it's to embrace the Holy Spirit. We say no for a greater yes. So let's talk about this practically, because we're in the month of January here, and for a lot of people, you know, they've, they've made their New Year's resolutions, and, uh, you know, I'm going to exercise more, I'm going to eat right, and we kind of know what that means. But it seems to me that whether it's as godparents or parents at a baptism renewing our baptismal promises, whether it's at the Easter Vigil doing this, or just, as we said earlier, praying the Creed, whether it's the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, which... One of those two, we're going to pray every Sunday when we go to Mass, at a minimum, that if we're saying, yes, I do believe this, that's going to impact our daily living. So what are some of those examples? The guy the guy that says, I'm going to diet and, and eat well, the New Year is going to say, so no fried foods, no eating three cheeseburgers for lunch, maybe I'll have a salad from time to time. What about baptismal promises, living those out? Sure. Throughout our spiritual life, there's the New Year's resolutions that we have, you know, and let, we kind of do something similar, you know, with these resolutions that we have of ways in which we are practicing, I'd say, living that out in a more intentional and intense way. But we don't have to leave Lent for Lent. We can be doing this the entire year. We can be forming those good habits, rejecting, you know, the vices that we have and choosing the virtues that we have. I mean, this will look like, you know, what are the practical resolutions? I remember Bishop Rice at the end of a Steubenville saying, you know, you're going to go home from this conference and what is one thing, what is one thing that you are going to commit to as something very practical? And that might be, okay, I'm going to make sure that I spend time in prayer every day. The first thing that I do when I get up in the morning before my feet hit the ground is I'm going to praise the Lord and thank him for this day. You know, that is an affirmation of the presence of God that starts right at the beginning of the day. And of course, there's all so many different ways uh, that you can do. But I think by starting and choosing something practical, whether it's through the prayer or I'm going to embrace you know, today I'm going to offer up this little fast, you know, of, of something that I, you know, I enjoy out of love for the Lord. You know, that that is a way in which we're rejecting sin and a way in which we are then choosing and affirming the truths of our faith. And it's our dependence upon God. This is reminding me a lot of when I was a kid watching cartoons. You'd always have like the little angel and the little devil on the shoulder of the main character saying, no, don't do that. Don't do that. The other was like, yeah, you should do that. You right. should do that. So, I mean, it sounds to me like little things are how we live this out every day, whether it's, you know, the guy that cuts me off in traffic and I'm ready to lay on the horn and start cursing him out. You know, it's like, do you reject Satan? Yes. Then don't get on the horn there and, right. and don't curse him out, you know? Right. Right, exactly. And yeah, and then just the confidence I'd have to be able to speak about, you know, I think when it comes to that second half and speaking about God and our relationships, you know, with others, you know, when we, you know, we talk about our relationships, you know, oh, did you see so-and-so, you know, we spent time with him doing the same with, with talking about God with others. You know, this is, this is how, you know, this is what God showed me in my life, or this is a blessing that the Lord has given me in my life. And that's how, 
I say that's how we evangelize as Catholics, is talking about the ways in which God is present in my life. And that is a very also practical way to live out the creed, to live out those baptismal promises, you know, going from our identity then into mission, into, you know, going out and sharing his name, who he is with others. I love that idea of the daily examine, the midday examine, and then at the end of the day, the fuller examination of conscience of just saying, all right, Lord, here's where you've been working in my life today. And, uh, you know, I, I have found, I don't know about you, Father, but I have found the more that I take stock of what is God doing in my life that I'm grateful for, or, or just what am I grateful for? Because all good gifts come from God. The more I cultivate that list of gratitude, the more I find to be grateful for. And the easier it is to detach from all the things that I thought I needed that I don't actually need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, gratitude, I mean, that's that's at the heart of, you know, the Eucharist is the heart of this, you know, this, what does Vatican II say? The source and summit of the Christian life. And the very word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Gratitude is at the heart of who we are. All right. Well, I am grateful for this time together. Father, could I ask you to lead us in prayer to close out our time together? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father, we praise and thank you for the gift of your Son and the gift that you give us in the sacraments, especially the sacrament of baptism. We thank you, Father, for our own baptism, the way in which you have made us your beloved sons and daughters. Please continue to open and show us the ways in which we are to live our baptismal promises in our daily lives, the very practical and small ways that you invite us to share the good news with others. Help us to reject sin and to choose and affirm you always. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Well, Father Staley, thank you so much for uh, breaking this open for us, friends. There's more to come here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Friday into Saturday, we have a clipper system that will sail into town, starting with rain and then changing over to snowfall. That will produce accumulations of snow on Saturday. We know we'll get an accumulation. We don't know for sure the track, so we can't yet know responsibly anyway what the numbers are going to be. But we do know this. Today, like yesterday, we're going to have a high of around 52 degrees. The normal high is 40. And skies will be fair. Then tonight, partly cloudy and warm for this time of year with an overnight low of 32. Then tomorrow, in the morning, we could see showers mixed with a few snowflakes, but it'll clear in the afternoon and we'll have a high on Thursday of 45 to 48 degrees. Then on Friday, afternoon showers and a high of 50. In the evening, that is rain that will start to mix with snowfall. Then Friday night, change to snow with a low of around 30. On Saturday, snow is likely. We'll have a high of around 32 degrees. Accumulations are likely, but we don't know exactly what those numbers are going to be just yet. Then on Sunday, partly sunny with a high of 38. We're midway through the week, and hopefully we've been converting in little ways or maybe big ways all week long. But here with another daily dose of encouragement on this topic of conversion is Patty Schneier. Well, Adam, today in the middle of the week, I want to share a quote from Fulton Sheen from his book, Peace of Soul. We're talking about conversion. And he wrote, conversion often starts with a crisis, a moral or physical crisis, or even a question or a doubt. It's messy. Oftentimes, we don't want to go there. In my own case, it was anger and bitterness over what I thought was a burdensome church teaching and my own rationalization of sin. But the second part of conversion is the realization, just like a car can't fix its own flat tire, I can't fix this on my own. I've blown it in some way, and I need God. Many of us want to feel free from guilt, feel free from pain, feel free from the past, 
or feel free from the duplicity that we're often living in our own lives and feel free from any hypocrisy. And I wanted a different path. So today, if that's you, I want to encourage you to pray for the courage to take one tiny step toward the light. Even if what you're going through is messy, even if you don't want to go there, conversion often starts with that crisis. If you're in some kind of a crisis, a moral dilemma, or even if it's just your own anger at God, that actually can sometimes be the start of conversion. Sit with that, pray with that, don't ignore it, and then do what you can to take one tiny step toward God. Don't ignore it. That's an important counsel for us today. Patty Schneier, thank you so much for this daily dose of encouragement. So that's the show for today. And I don't know about you, but I'm inspired to go out and and live my baptismal promises and to keep uh, anchoring myself in my faith about the Eucharist and and relating to our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament and what a gift that that is for us. And I know that this time I'm going to be spending at home with the family in a a little bit of uh, quarantine, as they say. Perhaps we'll get some great chances. In fact, I know we will to talk about First Communion and do some at-home sacramental prep with our second grader. Why? Because I want to go to heaven, my wife wants to go to heaven, and we want our kids to get there. So we want to lay that foundation for them now that they might find that joy and that desire to always be in that state of grace and grow closer to our Lord. Let's stop and say a prayer of thanksgiving for today's show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, due to uh, my quarantine, I will not be doing a Roadmap Roundup on Friday morning, but fear not. We still will have a show for you. Roadmap to Heaven will be on the air Friday morning. In fact, we're going to be very uh, happy to speak with not only... Patty Schneier, but also with her son, Father John Schneier. We're going to be talking about ordinary time. We're going to be talking about keeping our desires focused, keeping our trust in the Lord. All of that and more on Friday's edition of Roadmap to Heaven right here on Covenant Network, 7 a.m. Tune in. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.